This is episode 631 of the AWS podcast, released on October 19th, 2023. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Sam Lee here with you. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Leif Renat, who is a principal product manager here at Amazon EC2. G'day, Leif. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Simon. Good to have you here. We're talking about a really interesting topic. We're going to talk about a new instance type the Amazon EC2 P5 instances. Now, we are going to go super deep, but before we do that, let's just do the fundamental. What are these new instance types? P5 is the latest offering in our EC2 accelerated computing portfolio. So in EC2, we provide customers virtualized compute resources in the cloud. And with accelerated computing, we focus on really powering some of customers' most compute-intensive applications through infrastructure that uses some type of hardware accelerator. So that could be a GPU or an FPGA or maybe some type of custom specialized chip. But P5 instances specifically are powered by NVIDIA's latest H100 Tensor Core GPUs and are designed to deliver the highest performance in the AWS cloud for generative AI and high-performance computing applications. So this is the, the fifth generation of this sort of instance class and or family, I should say. And, and as you mentioned, this is really about horsepower, really throwing the right types of technology at things to make them crunch out. And we'll talk about some of the things that need that sort of horsepower. But one of the interesting things about this instance launch, it was done in collaboration with NVIDIA. Let's just understand why this was done with NVIDIA and what the relationship's been like. We've been working with NVIDIA for 12 plus years, and we're the first cloud provider actually to launch a NVIDIA GPU-based uh, solution in the cloud. and that collaboration has really just grown over time. So now with P5, we've engaged with NVIDIA super early on, making sure that we were building a server that could really just extract the most possible performance out of this GPU that we could. We also work really closely with NVIDIA on some of the security elements, making sure that all of the firmware and low-level software we're getting from NVIDIA is meeting that high security bar we set at AWS. And then finally on resiliency and, and the health of our fleet, we want to make sure we have the right tools to monitor and maintain the health of our fleet through periodic health checking. And so we, we partner closely with NVIDIA on that as well. I think that's really interesting and something that I guess, you know, because we take care of the detail under the covers that customers don't really have to think about or consider, but it's not just, well, whacking a GPU card like you do on a gaming machine and call it good. There's a lot of engineering that has to go on to make sure this works at scale and is, is consistent. And, and GPUs are a little bit more finicky than other pieces of hardware because they, they run pretty hard, don't they? That's right. Especially with P5, you've got hundreds or even thousands of these GPUs all kind of spinning up in this correlated manner. And that's really quite a stress on your infrastructure. And, and a lot of really great engineering work goes into making sure that our customers are successful when uh, when spinning up those workloads. Yeah, yeah. When they, when they spin up, they better spin. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously one of the big topics in the industry at the moment is generative AI. And, and these P5 instances are actually pretty important in that world. Now, let's unpick that because I think for a lot of folks, the, the sort of the experience of generative AI is almost uh, akin to magic, which is, you know, I'm typing some stuff in, some stuff comes back. It's pretty incredible. But, but this needs stuff behind the background to actually make it work. Let's unpack that a little bit. Starting from what is generative AI, I'd say it's this kind of increasingly prominent segment of AI workloads that are marked by their ability to generate original content. So this could be text, images, audio, video even. 
And these generative AI models or the, the models that sit behind these generative AI applications use neural networks that identify patterns or structures within vast sets of existing data and then generate this new and original content from that. Building these generative AI models and training these models can require, as, as I mentioned, thousands of GPUs, petabytes of data to train efficiently. Um, some of the kind of text-based generative AI applications that many folks have been exposed to already you know, use what's called uh, large language models under the hood. And these large language models are sometimes trained on just giant, massive corpuses of text that are either scraped from the internet or they may be from a customer's own kind of personal data storage that they've developed over time on all of their customers. And so P5 instances are really designed specifically for this training of these large language models or generative AI models. And compared to our previous gen GPU instances, we expect P5 at large scale can provide up to 6x better performance for these generative AI training applications. And with that 6x better performance, you're now training your model faster. And on a cost to train basis, we expect that that translates to, to maybe 40% savings compared to previous gen. So where someone may have spent a couple months training at one of these large language models in the past, this is now reduced to less than two weeks, really. So really nice savings for, for customers here and, and nice efficiency gains with, uh, with P5 instances. And this is really important for those folks who are working in this domain and uh, creating new models because the feedback loop is long and it's not like, you know, run a job overnight and call it good. As you mentioned, you know, this is months, which we're now being able to shave down to weeks. But in the sort of iterative nature and the sort of Cambrian explosion of models we're having, everyone's trying to build this ecosystem. They're trying to build a model that does the thing that they want to do. So having access to this kind of technology means they can actually train rather than sit around going, I'd like to train, but I just can't. That's right. That's right. Yep. And I, I think we're seeing some really awesome creative ideas from many of our customers that are fine-tuning some large language model that is out there open source or made available to customers publicly. They can then fine-tune these models to adapt them to be more adept at completing that specific application. So that could be in some type of creative industry or in financial services, manufacturing. We're, we're seeing this technology starting to be applied really broadly across industries. Mm, for sure. So given the, the performance increase, I think it's incumbent on us to, to get under the hood. Let's, you know, if we were looking at a sports car, we'd say, well, what's, <laughs> what's underneath? What's going on there from an engine perspective? So let's run the numbers. What have you got in this instance type for our customers? P5 instances start with eight NVIDIA H100 GPUs. Each of these GPUs has 80 gigabytes of high bandwidth GPU memory. And interconnecting these GPUs is a specialized fabric from NVIDIA, this NVSwitch fabric that provides 900 gigabytes per second of GPU interconnect. So this becomes important where you know, we talked about these very large language models or generative AI models that will actually exceed the capacity of a single GPU. So customers are now segmenting their model across the GPUs in the server and driving really significant traffic between these GPUs. So that's on the GPU side. And just on that, I think that those performance figures are sort of, you know, we almost skip past them, but they're pretty mind-blowing. I mean, with that interconnect, you're getting 3.6 terabits per second bisectional bandwidth. I mean, that's crazy. 
Yeah, sometimes I'm saying these numbers, but it's it's hard to uh, it's hard <laughs> to, to picture like how much data that actually is and how fast it's actually moving across these fabrics. So really, you know, awesome engineering from the NVIDIA team there, and also even you know our AWS team and just building the server that makes this type of data transfer possible. And what about from a CPU perspective and a storage perspective? I mean, those are always important factors in any new instance release. Paired with these GPUs, we've actually doubled. The CPU resources, um, these are AMD Milan CPUs under the hood, and we provide out also four times the local storage. So it's actually eight drives, each at roughly 3.84 terabytes of NVMe storage. Um, so total of about 30 terabytes of storage in the server. So this is really helpful for customers. Maybe they're storing checkpoints in their local storage or they're just using it as some scratch space or, or even storing their data set there. We found that customers really like having this flexibility of, of very fast local storage in the server. And then on the CPU side, we've heard feedback from customers, especially in, in the image that are they're doing interesting thing with things with images or even autonomous vehicles where they're doing cropping and rotation, augmentation of images actually before they're fed to the GPUs. And a lot of this still happens on CPU. So we've chose to provide that 2x CPU resource there to really service that type of application as well. And, and what's different with this new GPU generation? I mean, people would have been familiar with the, the A100, but this sort of space seems to move pretty quickly too. What's different about the h 100 yeah, NVIDIA's introduced some really interesting features with H100. The most notable one I'd say is support for floating point eight data types. And they did this a few years ago as well with introducing 16-bit floating point um, data type support natively on, on their GPUs. But with floating point eight, customers can achieve actually higher throughput. Um, you're essentially, you're making the calculation slightly smaller and you're achieving much higher throughput on the GPU. And for certain calculations, that less precision is actually still okay. You can still maintain the same end precision of your model using floating point eight. And what NVIDIA has done is they've created what they call the transformer engine. And this will dynamically select when to use your floating point eight data types and floating point 16 data types or binary float 16 data types to achieve the best possible performance with very minimal or no loss in precision after the model is finally trained. Nice. So now any server worth its salt these days must be connected to a network of some sort. And often that's the bottleneck for folks. So what have you, what's the team done on this front? Probably the biggest investment we've made with P5 is on the networking side. So compared to previous generation P4 instances, we're providing eight times the networking throughput with P5, 3,200 gigabits per second networking throughput using our Elastic Fabric Adapter networking technology. So Elastic Fabric Adapter networking is now in its kind of second generation and is providing much lower latencies, up to 50% improvement on a per interface basis and in, in collective communications um, for these distributed training workloads. And also supports really fundamental technology for this, which is GPU Direct RDMA. So now when communicating across servers with EFA, customers can actually bypass the CPU. So they're not having to shuffle data through CPU memory and then back down to the GPUs. These GPUs can actually communicate directly over the network, which is a really awesome feature uh, for these distributed training workloads and, and really reduces the latency of that communication. Yeah, the most efficient work is the work you don't do. <laughs> so skipping skipping those steps is important. Now, you touched on the fact that, you know, obviously we've got this great network and we're stringing these servers together, but that can be complicated. 
surely we can help our customers with that. That's right. And the way we've designed P5 instances, well, actually, I'll, I'll back up and say these distributed training workloads are, are pretty unique in the broader landscape of kind of workloads we see on EC2. So these distributed training workloads, you're building these large clusters of GPUs. They're all sitting in the roughly the same data center on the same network, sharing the power and network resources all in a very close proximity. And this puts incredible stress on the infrastructure and you, you actually have to plan well far ahead to make sure that the infrastructure can support this large correlated spike in power usage and network usage. So our deployment model for P5 instances, as well as our, our earlier generation P4 instances, is what we call EC2 ultra clusters. And EC2 ultra clusters provide petabit scale, non-blocking network connectivity for these large GPUs clusters. And with P5, we've gone even bigger. P4, we supported you know, around 4,000 GPUs that you could spin up in any given cluster. And with P5, we've now increased that to 20,000 H100 GPUs that you can spin up on this petabit scale, non-blocking network, all in a large correlated manner without seeing any throttling from the network. Really awesome deployment on the infrastructure side as well to support these types of workloads. I mean, these numbers are mind-blowing. What does that mean from like an aggregate compute perspective? You know, we often talk about, you know, gigaflops and teraflops and exaflops and all kinds of flops. How many flops we got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 20 exaflops is what that is an aggregate compute capability. Now, I, I want to make sure I don't disappoint some of my my friends over in the HPC world that are looking at the top 500 list and uh, saying that the, you know those numbers <laughs> those numbers don't quite compute. This is just a representation of aggregate taking the compute capability of each node and the aggregate compute capability, adding all of those together. This is not a uh, a measurement by any means that we've we've achieved 20 exaflops on some type of benchmark, but still a really awesome deployment that we're able to achieve there with, with P5 and ultra clusters. Well, it, it helps to understand the scale. And, and I guess you, you touched on the concept of, of HPC. You know, we, we've been sort of focusing on, on Gen AI, but P5 is, is interesting in the HPC world too. They are. And P5 instances, well, we expect will accelerate these HPC workloads to a similar degree as we talked about on the machine learning side. So workloads like pharmaceutical discovery, seismic analysis, financial modeling, just a couple examples, some of the applications we're seeing on our GPUs today. And increasingly, we're actually seeing a lot of these HPC codes integrate deep learning in some way into their environment. So if something is doing some type of branch prediction, maybe it's able to use deep learning to make that branch prediction even more accurate or even more efficient. So really cool applications on the HPC side as well. And we're definitely working with a number of HPC customers on how they can already start using P5 instances to, to make that even more efficient. Nice. Now, speaking of customers, the true test of any service is what do customers think? So my question to you, Leif, is... What do customers think? <laughs> We've had some awesome feedback so far. Anthropic, I'll talk about off the bat. They, you know, we're in our, our our press release and we're excited about the launch of P5 instances and their ability to, to really just to deliver substantial price performance benefits over P4 instances. Anthropic is really one of the leaders in, in this space and building these large language models and, and generative AI applications. So we're super excited to be working with them. Pinterest is another one that we're really excited to be working with. Pinterest creates these really interesting, creative ways to use AI within their platform and what they call them empathetic AI-based experiences. And so they were 
also kind of featured in our press release and really excited to be using P5 instances with EFA and, and EC2 Ultra clusters to accelerate their product development. And one of the the other challenges, obviously, we're talking about the you know the, the P series of instances. There's also the G series of instances, and they also have NVIDIA GPUs. So you know one of the the beauties of the cloud is choice, and one of the challenges of having choice is you have to choose. So how do folks think about what instance type they choose for their workload? I think this is a, a super important question and a very popular one that we get. Almost every year, at, you know, we feature this at reInvent in a session every year. But there is often not a completely straightforward answer. It, it may take a POC here and there, but I can provide some really good rules of thumb. Our P-series instances will provide the highest GPU performance in our portfolio for deep learning and HPC applications and are designed with this very fast GPU interconnect and fast scale-out networking at the server level for customers that are using these in clusters or using multiple GPUs in their workload. If we contrast that with our, our G-series instances, our G-series instances are really more general purpose. They're used at scale for graphics workloads, which are not as well suited for our P instances. And they're also used for some smaller scale training and ML inference and even smaller scale HPC workloads. And they don't provide that same very fast GPU interconnect or scale-out networking capability of our P-series. For many customers, they may actually be the more you know, cost-performant choice for them and their workload and making sure they're not kind of over-provisioning for that. So if you do a quick POC or you talk with a compute specialist here at AWS, we can definitely learn more about your workload and help point you in the right direction for that. And that's one of the great things about the cloud is you can try. <laughs> you know, if that's you right. don't know, test, test to that, actually measure. Data can solve a lot of problems. Now, if folks want to get started, how do they get started with these new uh, Amazon EC2 P5 instances? Yeah, so P5 is you know, GA today. And if you prefer a self-managed environment, maybe you like to own the end-to-end -end infrastructure and your images on the machines and all of the software stack running on each of the machines, then EC2 is your, pro is your service and P5 instances can be spun up within EC2 today. And we provide with EC2 some really nice tools to get started. So our deep learning Amazon machine images or deep learning AMIs and deep learning containers are kind of pre-packaged environments that are ready to go. They contain either your NVIDIA drivers or your ML frameworks and the full software stack that you need to really get going right away. Alternatively, if you're using containers in a, in a container orchestration service, P5 instances are also supported through our Elastic Kubernetes service or Elastic Container service. So you can start right away in um, scaling up and auto-scaling on P5 um, through those different services, provisioning those with the reservations that you're provisioning today, similar to P4. And for customers that prefer a more fully managed service, so maybe you don't want to own the GPU instances yourselves, but you just want to focus on the data science and build, train, and deploy your ML models quickly. We also support P5 instances through Amazon SageMaker, which can be a really great option for getting started on AWS and getting started with machine learning. So just a few ways to get started with P5, but I'd say engage with your account team and we'll provide guidance on how to get you going quickly. Yeah, lots of ways to choose your own adventure. Leif, thanks so much for sharing a bit of the insight into this new instance type. I think it's going to be pretty popular. Uh, really appreciate your input. Awesome. Thank you, Simon. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.